0: Up that diesel. Um, 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 Let's go, diesel. Um. Back to camp. It feels way different than any other year, and it should against conventional logic and reasoning. They're, they're starting camp tomorrow. There's there's no more waiting in this. And I feel like on some level, we all knew they the way they would. They wouldn't really try their best to make it seem like they were going to delay this thing. This was the plan from the get-go, and camp has arrived. Here we are.
1: Yeah, but... Huge but. Listen, man, the stuff that just happened today with MLB, that's a warning for NFL. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're going to have to think about this, man. This is like... This is not going to be as straightforward. I know these, you know, I'm not going to say whether these owners believe in the the virus or not. But the reality is, if this happened this quickly in MLB, in a sport where you can play two games in one day. So, like, postponing a game is not, they do this all the time in baseball. Mm Mm-hmm what would the NFL do if a team, if there's a, if the the Miami Dolphins had this problem, what would they do? That's a great question. Camp is about to start, but is it?
2: (laughs) I guess, I guess, even though it's it's truly the official day of camp starting, but as we know, the first, what was it, Paul? The first two weeks of camp is really, they're just going to be testing them for COVID and, having like virtual meetings outside. Well, not even virtual meetings. They're having team meetings, Cliff. Um, I don't know if you saw, but each team is going to have a tent outside of their training facility, an open tent. They're not going to be holding meetings inside their facilities no more. It's going to be basically spread out to where they'll have all their team meetings outside. They're going to be social distancing. There's no Nobody's going to be in a room watching film or anything like that. So they're trying to add some more steps to see if this is going to work, but I just really don't. I'm starting to have my doubts now, especially after seeing what happened with the Barlins, man. And for that to happen that quickly, this is, this is
0: concerning for the NFL season. I, I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. I don't doubt that there's going to be a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to be conspiracy theorist here, but like, there's going to be a situation where an important player gets sick and the team is going to keep it quiet because they need that player on Sunday. And it's going to lead to a spread within that locker room. And who knows what's going to happen? How are the, do- are the Marlins going to play any games for the next two weeks? Are they going to forfeit? Are they going to postpone it? It's already a 60-game season, and now you're talking about a team being shut down for two whole weeks. Oh, you mean and keep the- it
2: quiet like the NFL owners did with uh, concussions? No, they wouldn't do that. No, nah, they can't,
0: but they won't get away with that. Oh, I there was know. An-
2: just-
1: There's <laughs> another story that came out today that is b- just as big as the, the Marlins story. I-, I sent that shit to y'all. Hmm. The, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox got yep. diagnosed with COVID. He recovered from COVID. Now he has heart issues that can't clear him to play. So the players are, like, a story like that is the type of shit that's going to make the players think that they shouldn't be playing in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you see, uh, forgive me if I, if I butcher this name, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the starting right guard for the Chiefs, he said, I'm opting out of my deal. And Not for nothing, this guy on his spare time in 2018 got his doctorate from McGill. So he's no dummy. He's like, no, this is not worth my." And he just signed a $5 million deal or a five-year deal for like $43 million. Like, he's leaving that on the table. Like, no, my health is more important. And you see De'Anthony Thomas opted out of his deal, which is, you know, it's not as significant of a player as a starting right guard in the Super Bowl champions. But now you're seeing kind of like a snowball effect where one player opts out. Now another. And then I wouldn't be surprised as this week goes along, you see some tests start to come in and people are testing positive and guys are like, no, this is not worth it. I just – I wonder what's going to happen, man. It's going to be a real crazy six weeks leading up to the season. But – Some things are just bigger than
2: football, man. Like the kid, the guy – I don't know how to pronounce it. You said Duvernay for the Chiefs. Yeah. Like if what he's going to do, I, like more power to you, bro. Like some things are just bigger than sports, man. Like <laughs> – Your life, your health, and helping other people try to get through the situation. Like, kudos to him for, you know, going and doing that. Like,
0: right.
2: To hell, I mean, I'm not gonna say to hell with that contract. Like, obviously, everybody wants to get paid, but to some people, money isn't everything. So, what he's going to do, I, I mean, I gotta give that guy props for that, man.
0: Well, the problem is that money is everything to these owners, and they don't wanna give up not one red cent. And that means having a football season start and continue on like everything is normal, means their pockets are g- going to take minimal damage. Because remember, they're already losing out on attendance. And I'm sure there's a lot of different factors that play into that where it's going to hurt their pockets this year. The last thing they want to do is cancel the season.
1: These are professional athletes, right? Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're physical bodies, we don't know what this illness does to someone like a professional. I That's ask, what, what are people are saying. Actual risk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't. Dude, I just read a story uh, this morning. This woman was talking about how she got coronavirus. She's essentially that. She's basically had fevers and all the symptoms now for like three months. Mm. Right. Even if you do recover, like in Puerto Rodriguez, what if your heart? What if this is, do you just have these, these, these heart issues for the rest of, of your years? life? You can't play. Mm-hmm. What if you have issues with lung capacity? Just like losing, what if you're, what if Tyreek Hill lost 2% of his lung capacity?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What if Patrick Mahomes loses 5%? It, it, now you don't even have this, you might not have the same player anymore.
2: The shit kills me how they just say how, well, these, they're professional athletes they're in tip top shape, they'll be fine, they get sick they'll get over it like how you can't just say that you're talking about a virus that people are the scientists are still learning right what this virus does and where it's going like it just serves me that people just say that like you your immune system you like mm-hmm. you should be in great shape like if you're in great shape, you'll be okay like no, you don't know that shit this right. is a new virus like and
1: people talk about this shit like it's either you died or you're good yes. <laughs> Like, what the fuck, type of It it kills me, man. So, so good luck to the league, man. I, I, my concern for the players would be, you are not the NBA. You are not the NHL. You do not have a bubble. Your season is not even started. Mm-hmm. One team has an outbreak. Shit is over. Yep. Tuck your whole summer in. So Y'all see they already announced the cap for next year can't go lower can't be dropped to lower $175 million. Yep, that. because they already know that they're going to lose plenty of
2: money mm-hmm. so. Cliff I don't know if you saw but there was a guy and I sent it to Paul too that he said only way they're going to get through this season if the NFL comes up with a quick plan where they, cre- they create a bubble where they have four cities and they split up you put two divisions in each city now I know I don't know how the hell they would do it but I mean, he made some like, valid points because, like you just said, if once one team has a full-on breakout, it's over. They're, like but, you're you're fucked.
1: But what city you sending them to?
2: Well, he had. What did I say? He had Paul. He had on there Texas, Hawaii, Texas?
1: <laughs>
2: Cali. What you gonna send him to Texas? That's one of the leading one of the California one of the hot spots. I, believe me, I hear you.
1: But you think you think Hawaii's gonna be like? Oh, all right, bet.
2: go ahead send go ahead
1: send a thousand people over here
2: it would I just wish they would have come up with a better plan but I mean we know how these NFL owners work they don't give a fuck about anyone but their pockets so that's what I'm saying it's not going to surprise you once this outbreak happens
0: not only is it just greed it's arrogance probably because Mm -hmm. they could have come up with a plan it didn't have to be a good plan but a plan but a plan Mm -hmm. to try to figure this out months ago this idea with a bubble it seemed very very far-fetched that you could pull that off with any amount of planning because you have to have housing for these people you need practice facilities for these people that means you need to move into a city where there's lots of colleges and universities around who have nfl caliber fields and weight rooms and locker rooms you know what i'm saying like so a city like houston with dallas and fort worth a couple hundred miles on the road would work out, but that's, you know, you can't do that now because, one, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Two, Texas is a hotbed for this virus that's floating around. You can't send my right, Texas. Also, you they, can't the, to just,
1: fo- But they also not just going to let you come
2: in here with multiple hundred people.
0: Oh, absolutely. Exactly. exactly. But that goes back to them,
2: like, actually creating a fucking plan and not get here to July scrim- scrambling, talking about we're putting tents outside our facilities. Like, it just seems like they're scrambling now because they don't know what the hell's going on. or They don't know what to do.
1: Well, that's because that's cause the other option is not playing.
2: And you know they're not going for that.
1: They're not entertaining that, but the reality is, oh, I know. You might not have a choice in that film. Yep.
0: Let's get to the top one hundred. Uh, did either were you? One of you watch it last night?
2: I caught some of it today.
0: The repeat, you Cliff. You know I don't want. You I, know uh, I, don't watch I was going to say I know this. Is not you know coming.
1: top one hundred. That's y'all thing. I <laughs> love top one hundred. Right, me. I I just hear about the rankings and I go, well, what? Why did I even watch that shit to begin with? Why do we even assume the players actually know who the good players are? Right? Why do we assume that? We don't. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan took Adam Morrison with the third pick. <laughs> Motherfucker's the best player ever.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> motherfucker took Kwame Brown too, didn't he? Worst <laughs> <hurt> overall.
0: <laughs> so, to your point, Cliff. There's some. Head scratches on here. One in particular, but you hear anything? Speak on it. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, you're gonna say you already know where I'm going. Already know where you go. All right. So 100 was Levante David. Darren Waller was 99. Brandon Brooks was 98. Buddha Baker was 97. Shout out,
2: Paul man, Buddha.
0: Shout out, Buddha. Hey, that's my. I think that makes up for Phil Thomas. I think I called that one. (laughs) So now I'm back to you did. You did. Chris Carson, 96. Uh, I I have some issue with Chris Carson being that high considering he fumbles like Tiki, but he is productive. Frank Clark was 95. Kelsey was, sorry, Jason Kelsey was 94. Allen Robinson was 93. Darius Slay was 92. Grady Jarrett was 91. Cooper Cup was 89. Jalen Smith at 88. And here's where I got to put a full stop on the thing. We got Josh Allen at eighty-seven. By players putting their top twenty on a list and then they tabulate from that. So that means there's at least one player in the NFL that thinks Josh Allen is top twenty. Is it Josh Allen? Probably. How the fuck is he on this list? It's fucking
2: absurd, man. Keep going because there's one there's one rookie you're going to get to, and he's his name ain't McLaurin.
0: Right. That's good. Let's get going. Marlon Humphrey at eighty six, Zach Ertz at eighty five, Cameron Hayward, at eighty four, Aaron Kendrick, at eighty three, Ryan Ramchick, at eighty two, and Corey's man DK Metcalf at eighty one. Corey, go and speak on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even gonna go here and disrespect DK because y'all know I fucks with DK.
2: I re- I think DK is about to have a breakout year, but based off of last year, I don't. I'm just not comfortable with DK being in this top 100 over McLaurin or even mm-hmm. AJ Brown. I still had DK as my third best receiver right now from that class last year. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's on his, he's trending up and he's going to be a problem in the league. But I think that was a little disrespectful for McLaurin and even AJ Brown. Hey man, listen, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff like, give me a moment. <laughs> nah, cause
1: you know, cause you know, in these leagues, these players are always complaining because when, it, when it's time to become GMs and all that, they're like, well, why doesn't anybody want the players? Oh, a player should be GM. It shouldn't be the nerds. It's like because y'all put out every time we ask y'all what you y'all I think of the other players, y'all say dumbass shit, <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. Facts. How, how, how is we we go through this every year with the top one hundred? They 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 have some people in there in, in general who you're like. How is this person? Even how does this person even come to mind for you mm-hmm. when they ask you top players? We may aren't the votes public? The votes public or no?
0: Uh, uh, I, I don't about think that. they are. I don't think they are. I could be wrong. I've never seen it, but then again, I haven't really looked for it. So
2: now they even make this shit public. So yeah, we can shame. These folks. I'm just not understanding how Josh Allen was. No, the Robby took his team to the playoffs. I mean, almost upset New England late. But nah, I have nah, Yeah, man, not but if, I'm if it
0: were a list of the top 100 athletes in the league, yeah, put him at 87 or even higher, probably. But It's the top 100 players in the league, and you put the quarterback, Josh Allen, not the defensive end for the Jaguars, the quarterback mm-hmm. for the Bills, throwing the ball into row F as the 87th best player in the NFL. That makes no sense to me, and considering the guys that are behind him on the list, like, come the fuck on. Cliff,
2: funny thing about it, I know Paul saw it. I wish you could have seen the highlights that they had for Josh Allen because it was awfully interesting how all his highlights were just him scrambling around, running around, you know, getting out of the pocket, running, you know, some things that a couple of quarterbacks do, but
0: they don't get praised for it.
2: You know where I'm going with that, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bring up that discussion, but he only had one highlight of him throwing the ball down the field. Everything else was scrambling and running. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. And I was a little confused, but I, I digress.
0: We'll save that for the Umar Johnson podcast. <laughs> anyway, moving on, Miles Garrett, number 80, Calais Campbell at number 79, Tyron Smith, number eight seventy-eight. Keenan Allen, number 77, Marshawn Labor number 76, Earl Thomas, 75, Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley, sorry, 74, Fletcher Cox at 73, Josh Jacobs at 72, and Jarrell Casey at number 71.
2: I'm going to tell you right now, Miles Garrett at 80 is absolutely ridiculous. I don't care how many games he missed last year. You're not going to tell me he's number 80, bro. 80? Mm. <laughs> that man was on pace to be the defensive player of the year before he crushed Mason Rudolph's goal. You know, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. 80? Nah,
0: bro. Nah,
1: 80s, that's not. There's, that's not absurd, really, uh, there's on, no. It's absurd.
0: Come on. There's no defense for that. Right. You know, what? Miles Garrett started like the first eight games, hit a sack in every single game. Like, come he on, was going to be defensive MVP, possibly, if he didn't get suspended.
2: Which he did. That, that dude was heading towards the League Defensive Player of the
0: Year. Mm-hmm. Period. But then he lost, his go- he lost his goddamn mind and hit.
1: <laughs> well, well, did he lose his mind?
0: <laughs> Rudolph was like, you fucking it! I'm yeah. <laughs> Miles anyway. tried to kill
2: that man, bro. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, if, he, if he hits him with that helmet oh at the right God. angle, the right speed... Whew, Let's just be grateful that this shit didn't happen. (laughs) Another funny thing about that night, and I know we've talked about this, but isn't it funny that Joe Buck's reaction was way more subdued when that happened, but when Randy Moss pulled down his fake pants, he was like, that is a disgusting act. (laughs) What the fuck? yeah, he was was so disgusted by Randy. (laughs) (sighs) All right, let's move on to Jamal Adams, man. He finally gets what he wants. He gets out of New York, and he's heading to Seattle. Uh, Compensation was kind of high. Jamal Adams and a fourth going to Seattle in exchange for two firsts, a third, and Bradley McDougal. Did I get that right?
2: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. So my question to you, one, do the Jets overpay? That's the first question. Two, does it even matter? Because the Seahawks are kind of in win-now mode. But, then, you know, the Seahawks have had a history of bad first-round draft picks, especially under Pete Carroll, and it's kind of strange thinking about that because they have such a good team every single year, and they're well-rounded. They constantly miss on first-round picks. But anyway, did they overpay for him?
2: I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'll say they overpaid. Um, it's funny because, as you all know, we had a chat with a bunch of Cowboy fans, and I'm going to take it there because mm. Cowboy fans, they wouldn't be w- said they wouldn't be willing to trade their picks for Jamal Adams, this and that. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be to this point where they were going to get two first-round picks. I mean, that's a little extreme for safety. Um, But Seattle just got a hell of a player, man. All pro. All pro talent. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, obviously the Jets came up with all those draft picks, but let's be honest, the Jets have traded, like, their last four or five first-round draft picks, if I'm not mistaken. So it might look good for the Jets, but these picks don't necessarily mean anything for them because, again, they're the Jets. But I I I'll be honest, I can't wait to see Jamal Adams on Seattle, man, because he just seems like a typical safety with that defense, and he might elevate that group to where they need to get to. And it's going to be exciting to see it in play, San Francisco this year now with Adams flying around. So, two first round picks for a safe, for a safety is a lot.
1: Yep, I know. I mean, I'm also not I'm not as obsessed with draft picks as other people are. The only thing that I will say in Seattle's defense is that who the fuck knows what the 2021 draft is going to be like? Who knows how the fuck you're supposed to evaluate players going in that 2021 draft? So, it's possible the 2021 first-round draft picks do lose some level of value. Right? Mm -hmm. Because if there is no season, if there is, like, let's say there is no college football season, or... The college football season is in 2021, and some of the players opt out. So that I can understand that they got a hell of a player. They're trying to win now. If you get a two-time first-team All-Pro who's 24 years old, like hey, it's hard to criticize the team after they do something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, it was steep. It was extremely steep. You have to pay him next year, you know. He's going to want a huge contract. I'm I'm sure he's going to want to at least be the highest paid safety in the NFL. I don't know where he's going to stack up in terms of like defensive players, but he's going to be the highest paid safety next year. Uh, and you give two first round picks and a third to get him. But in fairness, like Corey just said, you know they want to win now. They know they have a window with Russell Wilson that's going to last. I don't know. Russ seems like he's not in close to being done yet. At ten years, nine, ten years. I mean, he played till he was like 40. So they want to make sure he has playmakers that's going to help him win as many titles as possible. You don't want to do what the Packers are doing Aaron Rodgers. I I got respect for it. You know what I'm saying? You made a bold move. and I think that you actually win championships by making moves like this. Let's go back to Philly in 2017 when they traded a lot of draft picks for guys that were able to help them right away and help them win a Super Bowl. You know, it's aggressive. Not a lot of teams would have done it, but that's why the Seahawks are the Seahawks. And a lot That's of why in. the Jets are the Jets. And the, well, I mean the Jets got good compensation. Bro. I can't argue oh. with what the Jets did. They, took, they got two first round picks and That's, a
2: third. Like I, like I said, it's cute to get them picks, but 2017 Jamal Adams gone. 2016 Darren Lee gone. Leonard Williams 2015 gone. 2014 mm-hmm. Calvin Pryor gone. 2013 Sheldon Richardson and D. Milliner gone. Gone. Like also the,
1: the player what?
2: demanded to leave. Which one? Oh,
1: Jamal. Jamal Adams, he assaulting your whole organization <laughs> yeah. in public. Like <laughs> he hasn't even been there that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like Jamal Adams is like a year five or six. Yeah. He was out here calling your, your fucking head coach a buffoon. So he's, he's unfit for the job, man. Unfit for the job, like he's at sixteen hundred.
2: Cue the meme of Adam Gates at his opening press conference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so no. it's not even that you had to trade Jamal Adams. It's that he was just like I don't want to be here anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Jamal said, "I got to get the fuck out of here, man." And that's the
1: basketball player on your team. Mm-hmm. All pro, man. Yeah, it's a big year for your QB too. So mm-hmm. it's
0: a very mm-hmm. big year. Back to what Corey said. The last thing I'll say about it, I I don't know the rounds for sure, but I know that. In back-to-back years, they took Bryce Petty and Hackenberg in like the third and fourth round, <laughs> mm-hmm. or something like that. In back-to-back years, I'm like, nah, Hackenberg, y'all Hackenberg, just Hackenberg. y'all just have no as much Jets as go the a Red jet as man. As much shit <laughs> as the Redskins get, the Jets are a fucking flunky franchise as well. Like, these whoa, motherfuckers whoa, whoa. have no idea what they're doing. These, those motherfuckers
1: went to AFC title games. They had their moments. No AFC we, we're title not games. Deny that. They beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. They, they beat. Peyton Manning in the post. We can't say shit to them. We haven't won a playoff. We've won. We have won. How many playoff games?
0: Under so, Snyder? Two. Do we have to and do he, it that? That's the thing. We clown. <laughs>
1: even like Sanchez. People clown Sanchez all day. Sanchez went to AFC title games. That motherfucker has playoff wins versus Tom Brady and Peyton Manning.
2: I mean, his stat line was like 13-23, to 23, I, 101 to I don't give picks.
1: a damn.
0: We beat uh, sure. we Not beat God. Gus Farat and Chris Sims. By the way, <laughs> oh, let's get to the name. We are the official fighting Washington football team of Ashburn. Congratulations, that's that's the name. But <laughs> going back to a few podcasts back, I know that we had talked about this, and Cliff, you had voiced your displeasure or your your hope that they didn't do. What they did go into this year without the name and just have kind of just a year where you're in limbo and this is going to be readdressed or reintroduced. Come, I guess, after the Super Bowl or whenever they decide to actually roll this out. So, I'm going to give you the floor first. What do you think about it?
1: I mean, I guess, given all the other shit that I, you know, I think when I said all that, I wasn't aware that <laughs> you're about to have a massive, massive sexual harassment scandal. The franchise, huh? But why aren't y'all ever prepared for anything, man? <laughs> like, how come you're always unprepared? Everything
2: always seems disorganized. Why? Yeah. Why? I have an answer for that. The owner's on his fucking yacht overseas somewhere, and he's not <laughs> even in Ashburn, Virginia. What do We know why. The leader in hey, cool. charge is a dumbass.
1: leader in charge is a dumbass. It's the same man you said was going to speak publicly.
2: I mean, that I was hoping, Cliff, you know, I was trying to hope that he would do something, you know, just to kind of turn the corner. But, I mean, I, I might have to take that back, bro.
0: We still ain't heard from this man. <laughs> Not a word. We
2: heard from Rivera. We a word. We Mm-mm. heard from Terry Bateman. When Rivera was being interviewed by someone, he's like, he, and I don't even know if he meant to say this, but... He kind of slipped up and he kind of said, yeah, well, fortunately for us, like Bateman, he's been in he's been here in the facility since January. What? I don't know. I don't know if y'all caught that, but Bateman's been around. So I don't know if he's been around. He kind of worded like he's been around like a consultant or advisor type. But he didn't just get into the building when uh, I want to say in a recent month, in the last month or so, like he's been around. And I don't know if Rivera slipped up and told us that or not, but yeah. He's,
0: uh, he's been a part of the operation for a few months. What
2: did they name him?
0: He is the executive vice president and chief marketing officer.
2: He used to be in charge of Snyder communications. Oh, great.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I said, it's entirely possible he's good at his job. But I just, I, I already don't trust you. I can't. How could I? And it kind of seems like it's a tone deaf move on Snyder's part. Like you hear the outcry from the fans and the media. The last thing I would want is to bring somebody back who has the stink of me back into the building. But sure enough, that's what he did. And maybe he needed just somebody to come out and deal with this scandal head on. Somebody who could actually head up the department and speak on this and and not put all that on Rivera. And that's fair. And you probably had to do it in a hurry because this is getting bad now. We can't wait any longer. But eh, I mean, I I just didn't want to see it. I will say on their end, Scandal's out of the news. Yes, it is. Yeah. True. Yeah, because
1: there's a
2: fucking pandemic. Uh-huh. In these streets. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a little breaking news for one of our players, fellas. Um,
0: oh, yeah? According to the
2: NFL transaction wire, Washington defensive lineman Caleb Brantley has opted out for the season.
0: Whoa. John Kime just reported that. Wow. That's, wow, that's crazy. They
2: said he apparently he is high risk, so he's yeah, basically saying, "Yeah, I can't, I can't play this year," which is smart on his his behalf, man. Like, of course is. Just, it is. Yeah, man. can't play
1: around with this. Hey, man, this means more snaps for big pain. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, sir. It means more pain on the field. Well, if there is a field to play on. But... <laughs>
0: hey,
1: good luck to him. Yeah, can't knock it. All
0: right. Good luck to him. So what y'all think about the uh, uniform switch with the numbers on the helmet? I think it's pretty clean. It look, kind of looks like a, the Alabama kind of look with just the plain jerseys and, and minimal anything on there besides just the Nike swoosh. Real real plain. I'm a fan of the simple kind of NFL uniform, so I'm glad they did that instead of leaving the helmet bare. That I feel that would look funky, but um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it.
2: I'm a fan, bro. I've always been a fan of the numbers on the helmet. It's clean. Like you said, it's got a little old-school look. not trying to do the most. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I like it. Hopefully they do a little, you know, a little mix and match. Maybe do a little all-burgundy, all-white sometimes. Maybe they'll switch it up, but I'm cool with it. Washington across the chest. Hopefully they keep that going forward, whether they give it a nickname or not. I've always been a fan of putting Washington across the jersey. It should not be Redskins or whatever you wanted it to be. Like, I'm Put the city across across the front of the jersey. I think it's a clean look. Mm-hmm. Man, we look like a goddamn... There, like a Cliff, fucking... come on, man.
1: <laughs> 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 hey, man, we look like a poor college team, man.
2: Oh, man. That, tripping. that shit is clean, Cliff. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> All right. The old numbers this. on the helmets. You out here calling us UAB football, man. That's fucked up.
2: <laughs> That's what the hell we look like, man. Now you say we look like the Golden Gophers of Minnesota.
0: Oh, even better. Known football powerhouse. (laughs) All right. I was thinking about the uniforms. And I didn't want to put them in this ranking. But I was like, you know what? I really should go ahead and rank all the uniforms. So I did. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to start right now. You guys just chime in whenever you hear something you like or you don't like. It's going to be controversial. I'm telling myself here because... Uh, I like certain jerseys more than uh, I should, honestly. So y'all just go ahead and chime in whenever you hear something, all right? The first tier is the FUBU tier. It's, <laughs> it's just, just straight-up FUBU ass. are like you
2: going to go on FUBU, dog?
0: I'm going on FUBU. FUBU, man. For us, by us. Come on. I'm... <laughs> anyway, the FUBU tier <laughs> only has two teams in it, where your uniforms are just unforgivable. I, I just can't forgive them. Yeah. The Falcons are at 31. That shit is terrible. Just the, the worst shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know who designed them, but you need to be fired. And I don't mean fired from your job. I mean fired out of a cannon into the sun. That shit is... And if the people out there aren't aware, they just got
2: new jerseys.
0: Right. They stink. They stink. Those are ugly as hell, man. 30 is the Titans. Another team that just changed their shit that's somehow worse. Yeah, they need to go back to the Oilers
2: look. Baby blue, powder blue.
0: The next tier is the Ed Hardy tier. And <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say it is because all these uniforms should have stayed in 2005 when Ed Hardy was popping. Like, these <laughs> joints just look like they're very dated. You know what I'm saying? Remember when in, like, the 90s when the Pistons and, like, uh, the Sonics and a lot of NBA teams, the Bucks had these weird 90s uniforms? Like, when, when the Pistons had that
2: teal joint.
0: Yes. Yeah, these the shits, fonts, Yeah. Yeah. 29 is the Texans. I got the Dolphins at 28, the Bengals at 27, the Cardinals at 26, the Patriots at 25, and the Panthers at 24.
2: I only got a problem with one of those, bro. It's the Miami Dolphins because I think they're bringing back their old jerseys.
0: Oh, if they do, they're going to shoot up this list into the top ten. They never should have left that joint. They have the toughest throwback Mm -hmm. that teams can still wear because of the one-shell rule. Their throwback is the toughest joint. Kind of sim-
2: they're similar to the old school uh, 49ers jerseys,
0: right? The next tier I call the Virgil Abloh tier. You know, th- the motherfucker be putting zip ties and Jordans and selling them for a thousand dollars. It's just all these uniforms, are like you, you you tried something, and I can see where you're going with it. But these joints just eh, they're kind of eh, for me. I got the Rams at 23, them new joints, you, you should have stayed with the fucking. Flipper Anderson, Marshall Falk, Blue and Gold, joins with the Rams. I forgot who was on Twitter. I think it was was Trill Withers that said the numbers look like ice cream cake, and I can't (laughs) can't unhear that. (laughs) At 22, I got the Jets. At 21, I got the Bills, and the Jags, I got 20.
2: I'm good with that.
0: All right. Next tier is Jordans and White T tier. And I say that just because you never go wrong with Jordans and White T. It's a Staple in everybody's closet. You put it on, you feel good about yourself, and you go about your day. You don't have to worry about looking foolish or anything like that. So, I got the Lions at 19. I got the Giants at 18. I got the Vikings at 17. I know this is going to be a hot take. I got the Colts at 15. I like the Colts' joints. I, a lot of people don't. i It's simple, it's clean, it's classic. I like it.
2: I've always liked the Colts'
0: all white jersey. Hey, yep, 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 yep. I got the Seahawks at 14. Cowboys at 13, Eagles at 12, and Ravens at 11. I'm good with all those. I just don't like when Seattle wears that, that highlighter shit. And trust me, if they wore that more than once a season, that would send them down this list. By the way, mm-hmm. if the Giants wore their alternate, uh, like the Lawrence Taylor version of their throwbacks more often, and made that their everyday look, they would be in the top 10 as well. Because that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite throwbacks. We ain't going to tell too many Giants fans that, though. Yeah, well, they're not listening to this podcast anyway, so I'll it no, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Next tier is called the first day of school tier. By the way, Cliff, remind me to tell you about this story about this motherfucker, Corey, on the first day of school in 12th grade. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Matter> of <laughs> of email, you know I'll tell it right now. I'll tell it right now. So first day of school, I, this this is going to show, this is going to date us somewhat because this is going to show what was popping when we were seniors in high school. I showed up to school, and I got the I think it was the Edger and James White Colts joint. And I got the like the matching blue like shooters headband and the black flight posits. And I'm like, I'm about really about to step out and high step on these motherfuckers. Like if if confidence was from like zero to like Kanye West in 2020, like I was <laughs> like a, damn near like a seven on that list. Like I was like damn. Corey came through, he got the all blue, I think it was the Reggie Wayne joint. Yeah. It was the all blue Reggie Wayne joint. He got, like, the blue madness swishy pants. He got the fucking, like, magic blue flight posse. I'm like, this motherfucker stole my whole fucking flow, man. man. I was like, oh. damn, dog, why? Why are you doing this?
2: This motherfucker Paul remembers everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what were the joints called? You said they were the hyper flights?
0: No, flight posits.
2: Oh, flight posits.
0: The flight posits. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, shiny yeah. blue joints. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. We got Bucks at 11, Steelers at 10, Bears at 9, Broncos at 8, Browns at 7. The new Browns joints. If they were the previous Brown joints with the Browns Orange. down the leg, that would have been back with Fubu. <laughs> 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 I got the Packers at 6. Chiefs at five, and the Saints at four. And the last tier is just God-tier uniforms. Like, these three joints are just chef's kiss. Like, mwah, these joints are perfect. The Chargers at three, I got the Raiders at two, and the Niners at one.
2: I definitely agree with that top three. Yeah, I would have even bumped Tampa If Tampa Bay – I'm a fan of Tampa Bay's old jersey, where they got the dude with the sombrero on the side, the old – Oh, the creamsicles. Mm-hmm. I love those jerseys, bro. Those are a classic, but I'm I'm good with that top three was.
0: I don't know why. Maybe because those uniforms are so old now. The when I think of those crimson school joints, I don't really think of Warren Sapp, and I don't really think of of Tony Dungy, and I don't think of John Lynch. I think of the last time the Bucks were allowed to wear those throwbacks and Josh Freeman in them joints. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Josh Freeman, that guy. Jeez. That was that was Cliff, man. Cliff, is this true? I, like, I did like Josh Freeman. <laughs> hey, he, had, he had a good, He did, uh, what was that, his second year in Sanford? It was good. No, he, he had a good year. I forget what year it was, but he had a good year. And then I think he, he was on some bullshit, and then we never heard from him again.
1: Right. Yeah, shit was all downhill. Then he had yeah. that one start for the Vikings.
0: And yeah, that shit was that terrible. Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, when Favre was out. Y'all remember when Josh Freeman had the uh, Michael Jackson photo shoot? Am I making that up? That was a thing, right? I'm almost certain I remember that, bro. Hold I'm on i I'm going to that right now. i show Oh,
2: yeah. I definitely remember that. <laughs> it was in ESPN, the magazine. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. These motherfuckers. <laughs> it was all downhill after that, brother. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the Redskins news. Uh, Alex Smith.
2: Uh, you mean the Washington football team?
0: Thank you for mm-hmm. that, Corey. That's a mistake that I'm going to make at least a thousand times this year on this podcast. I know I am too, bro. Yeah. I even have it on my like, screen right now on the rundown saying, don't call them Redskins. It's around right the top. <laughs> anyway, Alex Smith. I don't know if they're going to clear him. Again, it's kind of strange that he was cleared by his own personal doctors, one of which is a Redskins team doctor. So who knows, he might be cleared. I just, I don't know if anybody who watched Project 11 and the incredible harrowing situation that happened in this guy's leg 18 months ago, 20 months ago at this point, could walk or run or do anything like that again, let alone take impact from an NFL caliber player hitting it at full speed. So, I, you know, personally being selfish, I would love it if he just, either called it quits or like he became a backup or just a on the field coach or somehow, because I just really don't want to see him have to go through that again. And just like when you see him drop back in a preseason game or there is no preseason, but if he has to play at any point during this year or he wins the starting job, how is he going to react to this first hit? How are people at home going to watch this guy back there and not hold their breath every time he gets under pressure in the pocket? It just seems like he's, taking a tremendous risk. And I know he's an ultimate competitor and he wants to get back to where he was. And this is a big step for Alex Smith's recovery mentally. And I'm all for that. You know, I, I'm so proud of him for actually fighting back and, and not only taking back his life, but actually taking back his career. But I just, I haven't worried about it. I'm real worried about it.
2: I mean, what I'll say is, I mean, when we first had this discussion yesterday, like I was like, there's no way Alex is going to do this. He's, there's no way he should be doing this, blah, 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 blah. I need to stop doubting number 11. I'm not going to do that because based on what we saw from that series that ESPN had and what that man had to deal with, bro, I am not going to doubt Alex Smith with anything that he's trying to do. I mean, I'm happy for him that he could just walk again, first and foremost, because that was just ugly. And the way they broke it down, all the shit he had to go through and possibly almost losing his life and shit, bro, like to be at this stage where you can even go and attempt to practice football again, like he's already winning, so... I'm not expecting us to get anything from him. I mean, if he gets back to the point where he's going on an active Sunday roster, then by all means, Alex, you do you, bro. But I'm just happy for him just in general that the man is able to walk again. So good luck. Good luck with what you're trying to do, Alex. I'm not expecting nothing, like I said, but I'm happy for him. Yeah.
1: Listen, Dallas come back. Who the hell am I to tell him he, he shouldn't come back? You know what I'm saying? The guy's been playing football his whole career. He's supposed to, he it says a lot about the guy that he went through all of that. And his first instinct was to come back. hmm So I'm like who am I to question it, man? The man wants to play football. So yeah. good luck to him. I hope he makes the team. I hope he I hope they clear because 'Cause that'd be a fantastic story, man.
0: Yeah. If he's cleared, like, what's the level of participation when practice actually a full bore? Like, I, I why put him in harm's way? I, I would love what to do see What you him mean?
1: Him. What do you mean? Because, be pro- man, to be totally I, I don't know. Man.
0: Like, if he's medically cleared, then he's medically cleared. And I can't sit here and say, oh, his leg is any less sturdy than it was if he's been medically cleared. I don't know how that works. So I'm not going to comment on that. I just don't want to see him go through nothing like this ever again. Let's just or no play, but but neither does he.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I I'm not here to be like. It would be fucked up in the team to be like, okay, you've been cleared, but you're not allowed to. Nah. If they clear him, then put the shit, put
0: a strap it up. This is his profession. Oh yeah. Put the helmet on. As ugly as the injury was, this is
2: what he does. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a, like a selfish thing because I, I am thinking about Alex Smith because I'm proud of him. I, like Cliff said, like his first instinct was to bounce back in the face of the most horrific, you know, sort of injury that any football player or any athlete would want to face is something like that where you're not only in danger of losing a limb, you're in danger of losing your life. You know, it's, right. and, you know, he fought back and he he's going to earn his spot. But, mm-hmm. yeah. It's going to be tricky. We'll see what happens. All right. So the first question I had for you guys is Ron Rivera and the best case scenario heading into camp for him. Obviously, he's got a lot on his plate. He's now charged with assisting and finding a new name. He's charged with navigating this scandal to a degree in whatever capacity he has to. And he's charged with leading a team that won three games last year and getting them prepared for a game in six weeks we think so at what like at what level of competency do you think he's able to do this job all things considered
2: i mean look this is unusual circumstances for a new head coach to come into first and foremost no team (laughs) president no no gm pandemic going on hasn't even well he just (laughs) got to meet some of his players the other day because they started reporting like this is unusual circumstances for anyone, let alone a new coach in a new organization. But one thing Rivera always goes back to is because um, his first year head coach in the Carolina, that was the year of the lockout, I believe. Yeah. And he always goes back to that. Like, so he he's kind of stated, like, you know, as far as being limited, as far as, you know, being able to have contact with his players and staff and so on and meeting and so on. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to this stuff. But as far as the piece of him having to deal with the team name and the scandal and all this other stuff, like, that's, I I mean, I, I'm just kind of glad that they've hired the guy, Bateman, even though we know he's one of Danny Boy's buddies. I mean, they hired Julie to do the media stuff. Like, they need to start hiring more individuals, like we've stated on previous podcasts, so this man can just do what he was brought here for, which is coach up the football team. So I'm not going to have too high expectations if I'm kind of answering your question correctly. Look, man,
1: the bright side for Romero and the team in general is once – Once we get to camp and you don't and the media's not there, right? There's not gonna be a bunch of people around. No fans. No fans. It's gonna be only about football. So I'm not I'm not too concerned when it comes to that. He's talked like you said, Paul, he talked about the lockout previously. So my concerns for Rivera, that's this is more so with the concerns of the football team, not with Rivera himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's fair. You know, there's one person that I trust. Can you imagine going into this mess with Jay Gruden? Yeah, man. And Bruce still in the front office? Like, Oh, oh my God. I probably wouldn't even watch a game this year. If I had to trust one coach to lead us through this, it is Ron Rivera. These circumstances, like Corey said, are unconventional. No coach should have to go through it. I'm sure this is way more than he bargained for. And I, I think if in a moment of honesty, if you asked Ron Rivera, if he wished he could take another job, I'm not sure for sure that he would say yes. But I'm sure as fuck he wasn't expecting all this shit to happen. But like like Cliff said, it's it's about the team now. You know, there's other people in the building who are handling the name change. There's other people in the building that are trying to navigate this uh, scandal with the ex-Scouts and Larry Michael Net. that. I don't know. It's hard to actually look into the future and see how this is going to go because this this is the first time any of us have experienced something like this. There's no telling how this is going to go. But I do know that I feel comfortable with somebody like Ron Rivera steering the ship instead of somebody like Jake Rudin. I know that for damn sure. I want
2: to say yeah. one more thing on Rivera, just so y'all know, plus Cliff, you probably want to check that out too. I told Paul, there's a new article on um, The Athletic, and Ben, ben Stanick interviewed Rivera today and he asked him a bunch of questions. And To kind of sum it up, one of the questions, basically, do you regret, you know, signing off on here, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, a fan sent Rivera, like, this evil-ass letter because he didn't want the name to be changed. And he's like, you're only here for the money. (laughs) Rivera straight up said, well, uh, first off, that's bullshit. He's like, if it was really about the money, don't you think I would have took my time and I could have pitted the Giants, Cleveland, Washington, and Dallas all against each other? He's like, no. He's like, I'm still enthusiastic about the job. Um, the young roster is what excited me to come here. So outside of all the noise that's going on, like we all, like we're all used to with this franchise, there's still talent here on this roster and Ron Rivera is excited. And he's still, it's the reason he came here, bro. So as, as negative as everything looks right now, I mean, there's still a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. Next topic, Dwayne Haskell's development. We spoke about this last week a little bit. Um, a little bit has changed now that Alex Smith is on the verge of being cleared. Um, that just throws a monkey wrench kind of in the idea that this is Dwayne's job unopposed. And I still think this is his job. I don't think it's even his job to lose. I think he's going to be a day one starter. I think they, that's what they want to happen. And of course you have the Grant Paulsons and the Tom Lavera's of the world talking about, "Oh, Oh, quarterback controversy in DC again, like, I, I don't think that's true. I think if Alex is on the roster, I think he's more of a coach on the field. Somebody being Dwayne's ear, he's gonna compete for the job. But I think that it's Dwayne's job to lose. But as far as Dwayne's development, what are you looking to see from him this coming camp, and how do you think Alex being here changes anything, if anything? I don't think anything changes.
1: I think I think the approach from teams going into camp is gonna be. That your starters get way more reps than um, than usual camp wise, mm-hmm. so that means I expect to see plenty of Askins in, in camp. I quarterback controversy that that is such a stupid. Yeah, so. like, thirsty. Man. Obviously, Alex Smith is going to be coming. To eat, like he is returning, I'm sure with the intent. Of being a starter again, maybe not this year, but whatever. So, not questioning that, but I don't think that has any bearing on on, on Alex. I'm oh, sorry, on Dwayne Haskins. Like this, I think he's ready to uh, ready to make that leap. Yeah, that's I think that's what's going to end up happening. So,
0: did either one of you listen to Kevin Sheen's podcast today with Finley?
2: No, I need to check it out. What he say?
0: Well, Finley had a good point. He said that if Alex were cleared to play and everything looked good, should the Redskins, Redskins consider, I'm sorry, should Washington consider trading Alex? Apple, trading first to... Qu- who, exactly, which would be my point. You're going to have to take on his contract. I, I can't imagine there's a team out there that would trade for him. Yeah. But if that were on the table, would you consider it?
2: I mean, with this young roster and where the, I, we all feel the team is and where I think the coaches for the team is i mean of course you would consider it but i don't think anybody's trading for a quarterback that they saw get his legs shredded like that and he hasn't been on the field yet i mean you, there's no guarantee whether he's been cleared or not i mean unless we're assuming oh he gets the okay he's 100 he shows that he has it or he has his stuff back as what a 37 year old quarterback if that's if i'm not mistaken how old alex smith is right now i think he's
0: 36 still
2: i don't I, I I find it hard to believe that a team would trade for Alex Smith. Right. right. They're not trading him anyways because he's Danny's boy now, right? Oh, absolutely. not true. Nowhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. that's true. But I think the point was part of the point that Finley had brought up is that they want to be fair to Alex and he did all this work to come back. And if he felt like he had a chance to start elsewhere, or compete for a job elsewhere, that they would owe it to him to let him go and explore that. If this truly is Dwayne's team. What all but think there's,
1: it. but there's no way he's coming back in this current season. Yeah, thinking he's gonna start. Yeah, like and also there's just no way
2: on that Owen Alex. They don't owe Alex anything because uh, didn't Alex clean up with that guaranteed money? If I'm not mistaken, for a total of nine games. Like I, what, I mean, what was the guarantee? 74, 75 million? something like that. I think Alex is he, okay.
0: He did clean up. I mean, he definitely has. More money than he will ever need, but you know, some people it's not about the money. You know, Yeah, he wants far to far start. Wants owing
2: to him, owing him this. I mean, I don't. I yeah, don't like but, but I'm
0: saying works. you're o- owing it to him in a way like, hey, you spend the last 18 months thinking about one thing, getting back on the field, and now that you're back, hold this clipboard. You know, if if he wants if he thinks he can start somewhere, and there's somebody that wants him, you know.
1: No, nah, I think we just get that's we just too far ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I just don't see how that's even yeah, uh, can I mean, even be a topic of conversation at this point.
2: Hey, man, I think look, the kids had a great off season. We've seen how he's transformed his body. He's heard all the doubters. I mean, it seems like he has a coaching staff that's pushing him and that believes in him. Unlike the previous regime that didn't even give him practice reps. So, <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm. I'm not going to put my jinx on the kid, but I think it's leaning towards he's, he's trending up for this year, man. I'm I'm not going to put the pressure on him. Say it's a breakout year coming, but I think all signs point to Haskins taking control of this team and becoming the leader that we were all hoping for and being the franchise quarterback.
0: When I think about Haskins from last camp, I just think about the daily updates we heard and hearing that he wasn't close to being ready. Um, Seeing the highlights of him putting the ball through the goalposts, like in red zone work, like throwing, like just throwing the ball to who God knows who, to him not looking prepared. Um, I just want to see him have control. If that's what I'm looking at, I, I I don't know what I expect to see. Like physically, obviously, we know that he's in tremendous shape and that he's done a lot of work on his body, so you know that's nice. I just want to see him have control of the huddle, control of an offense, being able to use the verbiage quickly and efficiently get people lined up, make the right calls. And I know I'm asking a lot of him, but these are the things you need to do, especially if Alex is really thinking about playing and he's coming for your job. And there was already, like, people talking about Kyle Allen getting this a chance to start. If there were a situation where it was a shortened offseason, it didn't turn out being shortened, but training camp is going to be different. You know, Kyle Allen might have an advantage when it comes to that because you're not on the field working with coaches yet, and it's going to be two weeks less than it usually is. So you want to guarantee that job is yours and stays yours. Come out and do all that and make sure that they don't leave one shadow of doubt of why they should put you on the bench. No, they're not benching him.
2: Yeah, no, I don't him. see him.
0: No, Like They don't not want not to bench him. It. They don't want to bench him. Of course not. But I'm saying just make sure that you are ready, because physically we all know he can do it, period. We've seen him go out there and slash More than enough times for me to believe that he has that part of the game. To me, it's all, and I I don't mean to insult Dwayne when I say this, this is not some Doug Gottlieb shit, but it's between the ears. You know what I'm saying? Like making sure you have control and make sure that you have like a full grasp of what they're expecting of you from that aspect. Well, he's already made the
2: statements that he's, you know, completely grasped the offense. It's just a matter of getting to the field, you know, getting practice reps and stuff. But also having a guy like Scott Turner, I think Scott Turner is going to help him out as far as – play calling and you know getting the ball in playmaker's hands and having Ken Zampese as a quarterback's coach like these people are there like they're there to help him to help grow this quarterback not like like I said unlike um who did we have last year we only had O'Connell who was really looked seemed like he was had the best interest of um Haskins Gruden didn't want him Callahan at first didn't want him but it seemed like he came around on him um it's all about them putting him in position you know to succeed like and like Haskins just stated like the verbiage of this playbook is a lot different compared to that West Coast offense that Gruden had. So mm-hmm. it's a numbers game now. So he's kind of adjusted to it. It's, it's going to be all about practice reps. And like Cliff said, he should be getting all the reps anyway with this short and off season. So yeah,
0: let's,
2: let's just see how he comes out rocking and rolling.
0: True. All right. Competition at the Z receiver. Um, Cody Latimer was put on the exempt list today uh, stemming from that legal issue you had in um, the arrest, I, I believe it was back in May, out in Colorado. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with him? I think we all assumed that there was some sort of legal action or some action coming down at some point. Um, so, yeah, we can't count on him. He's not going to be here. At least we have no idea if he's going to be here. So I think that the Z receiver isn't currently on the roster. But... What do you think the best way to go about it in the meantime is? Who do you want to see step up? Who do you think should get the first crack of stepping up?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, well, look, we know we got the corner to X, Sims at the slot, drafted AGG, so he's going to get probably first dibs. Um like you said, Lattimore, no. We just lost Harmon, torn ACL. Not even going to mention Cliff's boy, Trey Quinn. Um, I'm going <laughs> to leave him to the spot. But, I mean, honestly, I would have to probably say with what we got on the roster right now, it would have to be AGG, man. I mean, we don't know who they're going to sign, so we can't really play a guessing game of what's going to happen. So, hopefully, a young rookie like Gandy Golden can step into the role. Um, another one, I'm going to keep an eye out for. I mean, I know it's a short and off season, but, Like I told y'all before, the special teams coach already mentioned this guy. And Isaiah Wright is a former playmaker at Temple. I don't know how he – I don't know where they plan on putting him in the offense, whether it's XZ or slot, but I don't know where he's going to fit. But he may have an opportunity as well to, you know, find a role in this depleted wide receiver core.
0: Yeah. I know where Cliff's about to go, and I I might be with him.
2: (laughs)
1: Where am I about to go?
0: We need to sign two guys. ASAP.
1: I mean, we even signed two guys, but I mean, we talking about people in terms of already on the roster. Right. Why can't I mean where the fuck is Cam Sims? It's a good question. <clears throat> Cam Sims Guys like him and Trey Quinn, to me it's like you you're two of the guys who <clears throat> excuse me. Your roster status is in jeopardy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, both of y'all need to have the best camp you can possibly have. Right. But you're not making a team. Jay's not here to keep getting to give you a job this time around. Nope. Right? Yeah. You're not one of Jay's guys, Trey Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like those days are over. So, I would say those two. Yeah. This is an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It, I know that Cliff had said on his last podcast that right tackle was the biggest concern of his on the team. Right now, I think the other wide receiver spot is my biggest concern. I just, I'm looking at the guys who they're, who are currently here, who are going to be filling in, and for a number of reasons, all of them are unappealing. It, and that's not to knock AGG or any of the guys who are here. You know, maybe AGG comes out and he has a McLaurin-like camp and shows everybody that he's ready to break out like right off the rip. It's just. Ugh. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that's the wise way to go about it. It's scary. It's scary because, you, like I said, and I'm knocking all the woods. Remember what happened to McLaurin? You're going to be fucked, and you need to bring in a guy who can actually play. You don't got to be a, number one. You don't even got to be number two, but you have to come in and be able to play competently and actually contribute to the offense, just catch a few balls, get a few yards, Like just understand the playbook quickly. Because the guys here, I just I, don't, I just don't know which one of them I would think has a reasonable shot of actually being a starting NFL receiver outside of McLaurin and Sims. What I will say to that, um, obviously they're going to give the young guys a
2: chance, but I don't see us signing Antonio Brown. I don't see us signing Josh Gordon. Chances are if they do go outside, it's going to be like some of them old Panthers receivers. They had like a Jarius Wright or Chris Hogan. It's not going to be nothing splashing. So it could be one of those little veteran pickups like that until the young bucks, Truly get an understanding of the offense, so it won't be anything glamorous if that's what Washington fans are looking for. True, you know, I wouldn't mind Jarius right, oh, me neither. It's an okay,
1: player. um, I know Chester Rogers is out there. So we yes. mentioned uh, yeah, not Javon
0: Curse. Not Javon. I said Javon Curse, I'm lunching Jermaine Curse, Jermaine Curse, yeah. yeah, but he I don't know if he's healthy, I haven't heard anything from him all off season. I know that he had a really bad injury last year. I forgot what it was, but he I remember his season was short. Um that's a guy that you could fill in if need be, but um you know the options are limited at this point.
1: Hey, I think Corey's right I think Corey's right about Isaiah right. I think that's probably yeah, I mean, in terms of people in the, in there. Who else is it? that's probably someone we could that that, that is gonna have that opportunity then. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Your man, uh, Darvin hmm
0: he's
1: still here.
0: I've always liked Kidsey. Uh, I think that he could probably contribute. I I think that's the way it's going to be this year. Your mainstays are going to be Sims and McLaurin, and then you're just going to have a group of guys at the other spot, just time-sharing, just trying to get through. Just
2: trying to make it, some plays.
0: Yeah, yeah. Plus, I we got to
2: keep in mind, we don't know how often Antonio Gibson might line up outside. I mean, yeah. We,
0: we, Absolutely. Again, that
2: goes back to Scott Turner, you know, being a little creative with the offense. Obviously, we're lacking a star-powered receiver outside of McLaurin and what Sims does in the slot. So, we may see a few times where we have a four wide, but you might have Gibson and McKissick out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he's going to have to mix
0: it up. Absolutely. Absolutely not tell you on that. I, I, you're going to have to get creative because, as is, the, the group just isn't good enough. And I know that McLaurin's a dog. And I know he's going to get all the targets this year, draft him to fantasy if you can. All the targets. Yeah. But, you know, eventually they're going to put two or three guys on him. I mean, if he's the only viable option, you you know, what are you going to do? I think it would be in Haskins' best interest to get another guy who can actually go out there and play. You know, you just can't deprive your young quarterback of playmakers. It just doesn't – it's not really conducive to a winning strategy. It's
1: it's not – but – I, I think they're aware. I think there's no way they can look at the
2: depth chart and not be thinking that.
1: Right. They weren't planning on Kobe Latimer
2: getting in trouble. They, they didn't anticipate Harmon shredding his ACL. Yeah. Either.
1: yeah. So, it definitely gives Gandy Golden a major opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, you would come out here and this could just be your right. job,
2: yep. you know, from the start. So yeah, AGG a big body, man. You saw him practicing with Haskins. I mean, I know it's shirts, shorts and shirts, but Agg, he can go up and get that ball.
0: Right, I think all eyes are going to be on Gandy Golden going into camp because <clears throat> not only does he have a very exciting style of play, people want to watch him, but now you're actually counting on him. You mm-hmm. need him to actually be ready week one to play. Like this, there, there's no Harmon, there's no Latimer, there's no veterans in front of you that are going to be time sharing your snaps. Like these snaps are now yours to take, so mm-hmm. it's time to actually put your best foot forward and show what you got because. The opportunity is here right in front of you. You can win this job, not just for this year. You could find yourself being a mainstay at that Z position for the next won. few years if you play yep. well, you know? So it's a big opportunity for him. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Bryce Love for real quick. And we spoke about him last week. I think Cliff had the hot take that he thinks he's the best running back on the roster. And, that he, well, wait, he, wait. and he's going to start <laughs> and, and that he's going to start if healthy. You did say that, correct?
1: <laughs> no, like
0: you that. said that he's gonna start he's I said,
2: healthy. I said,
1: I said I said if he and if he was healthy, he could be our best start, our best back. I did not say if healthy, he's our best running back.
0: That's that's a different that's not the same, Paul. <laughs> you know what I, I'm putting words in your mouth, that's my bet. That's my bet. I was <laughs> on I was same, on my Fox News shit. My bad. That was some Fox News shit. all right but Bryce Love uh by the way Cliff you had a lot of hot takes on last week's podcast (laughs) no you had buy stock on Trey Quinn and you had this take about fucking Bryce Love I mean for a guy that's not really about the hot takes you had a couple flaming joints out there last week for real (laughs) Cliff is the most level headed person I know. This man is anti hot take. But those. Woo! (laughs) It's true! Hey,
1: man. It was funny he's watching Uh, either of them be on the team.
2: But it's really hard to say anything about Bryce, though, because we don't know. We haven't seen him. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. It would be amazing if we had a healthy, guys love, like, (laughs) <laughs> and you just drafted Gibson, like there's so much that Turner can do with the offense, man. I mean, it'd be amazing if he's healthy, but we yeah. have to, we, we, that's on hold right now.
0: Yeah. I think my question to both of you is, what does Bryce Love need to show in camp to avoid losing his spot to somebody else? Like, do you guys think that it's just a matter of him being healthy and he's in, or do you think that he could be usurped by one of these other uh, people on the roster? Do you think it could be a numbers game um, where he's just the odd man out when uh, when they're shaking the tree in six weeks. You know, what do you guys think?
1: If he's the Bryce Love from before injury, then he's not getting cut. No chance. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. If yeah. he is, The Bryce Love before he was
2: injured Heisman. was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: If it was a dog at Stanford, let's call it what it is. So he's not getting cut. Yeah. It will be –
1: if it is the Bryce love – if it is the Bryce love that we think he is capable of being or we thought he was capable of being before that injury, it will be very apparent mm-hmm. the first time he touches the ball.
0: Yeah. These are facts. These are facts. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, so, it's over
2: the dog at Stanford, bro. Like, yeah.
0: So is that the bar we're setting, though? Like – Obviously, asking him to be the same guy he was 21, 22 months ago is not realistic.
2: First things first, he needs to show that he can get through a week of practice, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really hard to put expectation on Bryce yet because we don't know he's really truly the unknown because he has not suited up one day since we drafted him, and not being and with this crazy offseason going on, there's been no updates. There's he's I mean, unlike Ruben Foster who's been posting videos, like there's been no footage of Bryce Love running around. There hasn't been anything, so.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I mentioned last week while I was so worried about him is that we haven't heard anything about him. Usually, and maybe Bryce Love isn't the I'm going to post my workouts on Instagram sort of guy, you know, that's perfectly fine. But just the fact that there's been no chatter about him at all made me nervous because the last thing we heard about him was that he needed another surgery. And maybe that was just to clean up the previous surgery and this was months ago, so he might be on the mend. He might be fully recovered. But who actually knows? I just want to know what he needs to show if he's in camp. Stay healthy. And if you're even 75 or 80% of the Bryce love that we saw at Stanford, then you're going to stick around. You're going to be here. You're going to be part of this backfield.
2: Oh, no doubt about it. Does, do right. people
0: even
1: follow
2: him on social media? Is he even on there for real? He's on there, but he, don't, he doesn't post much.
0: I have never seen a Bryce Love tweet. I can say that for sure.
2: I honestly I think his last post might have been like when we drafted him.
0: Damn. Um, well, then that explains why we wouldn't have heard anything from him. I mean, he's not I mean, we all have thought Ruben Foster would be back, but he has also been talking about it almost every day on his IG live feed for like eight months now. Like he's been like, I'm gonna be back, I'm working out, I'm gonna be back. So I think I was kind of like drilled in our head, okay, well Ruben's looking good. He says he's looking good. So he maybe he actually looking good, but The only thing we've heard from Bryce Love is he needed surgery, he needed another surgery, and it's been pretty much just radio silence on him for the past, since we drafted him, other than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Radio silence.
0: Even the surgery
1: wasn't announced.
0: Right. It wasn't. Wasn't announced by the team. Nope. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about the competition on the left side of the O-line. Left tackle and left guard. I, I I'm really I'm really curious to see what's gonna shake out at left tackle because you have your options. I you know Moses is obviously gonna be the right tackle. I don't think that there's any way he gets unseated this year. You're sure. paying so much money these I just don't I don't think it's going to happen. Stinks. I wouldn't be surprised I don't
1: think. Yeah but he stinks though Paul <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't stink. Uh, yeah I mean, it, but he, it's hard it's hard to keep your job when you stink Paul
0: but you're also paying him, I forgot how much money he's making this year. But he's he, making a lot of money. Who
1: cares what you're paying him? You got a young quarterback.
0: I, nobody nobody cares what you're paying him, But money does talk. Money does talk. You're not going to keep your highly paid players on the bench to start the season. He might he get bench, at your, bench.
1: He might not get the job because he stinks and the quarterback is young. Mm
2: hmm. Keep in mind, Rivera's not scared of playing the young players, bro. He don't care how much money you're making. Plus, he don't owe the the Moses. Deal? This is the last year of his contract, right?
0: Sure is. But
2: yeah, so there's no the team isn't tied to Moses beyond this year. For all we okay. know, he could be a late cut.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you too excited about getting good. Like, <laughs> <I> get good. <laughs> all right, well, let's add right tackle into the mix then. Do you think first off there's a on a zero to 10 chance, what do you think the chances are that Morgan Moses could possibly not be starting week one versus Philly? Let's start there.
1: Yo, if you played the way, if you look the way you can, that <laughs> you looked last season, you are not starting, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's very simple. They're going to be kidding you. Now you're going against fucking Kerrigan and Chase Young in practice? They're going to fucking destroy you, son. So you better be ready. Like, like straight up, you going to come out here and get embarrassed. They're not going to have any choice. We can't even run practice because Morgan out here getting his ass worked.
2: Chase handed it to Morgan. To <laughs> Rivera's going to be like, who the fuck is
1: 76?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey but
1: Corey, but real shit. <gasps> we got to run a practice out here, Paul. Uh-huh. My quarterback got to get reps. He can't get reps because 76 are fucking <laughs> turnstarts.
0: I swear if I turn on my Twitter oh. in two weeks or whatever and I see Ben standing post a video of Chase Young burying his helmet <laughs> side, Morgan Moses' chest and this man falls back, is I'm just going to oh. just turn off Twitter and shut my computer and throw out the window, man. Because oh, that man. means you're counting on either Lucas or Jerron Christian at right tackle. I, I do think that Sadiq Charles is going to win that job on the left. Man. We
2: could have a scenario where Sadiq wins the job on the left and Jerron wins the job on the right we'll be like, who would have thought? So. Or
1: Lucas is on the right. That's true. Hey, Listen, Moses, the bar is talk, very bro. low for Morgan Moses. You got real competition this year. Mm-hmm. You're not guaranteed your job. We haven't, we really hadn't brought someone in to play right tackle for it. Nope. Besides Morgan. We gave him the deal. No one had come in. Real shit. What's his name should have been playing right tackle?
0: What's Who's the, that?
1: Uh, uh, what's his name? Who was the swing tackle we used to have?
2: In second? Buffalo. In, in second, in second, in yep. second, she was playing fucking right tackle, man. How many Sundays did we say that?
0: Yep. mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is that Trump was so banged up, and they didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, you you had to have somebody that was ready for, for um him to eventually, be having to miss time. It, it's still crazy how little time Trent actually missed through all his injuries. I know it's kind of like a side note, right? That, that's no, shit. It's true. It's yeah. fucking. Yeah, man.
1: Never healthy. I mean, but in real shit, Morgan Moses has been injured, to be fair to him. Remember I it's the first
2: offseason, Cliff. First offseason yeah. in four years, he hasn't had surgery or something.
0: So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, it is encouraging to see he lost all that weight. I mm-hmm. I know that that's kind of a trope you hear every single summer. It's like, oh, this guy's in the best shape of his life. This guy's lost this much weight. This guy is been working with quarterback uh, guru X and has more velocity in his ball than he's ever had. Like, I don't really give a shit about that. You know, just play better. Just stop right. false starting and stop holding motherfuckers And I, I don't know.
1: Right. I mean, listen, good. You got you. you shed some pounds. Is that the reason you were false starting?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just curious. How many times do we look at the plane and be like, is a Morgan Moses already in the back, lined up in the backfield? Right. Back? Like, come on,
0: dude. Get it together, Morgan. <laughs> uh, what do we make of left guard? Uh, West, that's me West versus West, pretty much, I think at this point. I don't know if Pierce Baker is in the mix at guard and he's played guard. I, I really see him more as in a battle with Keith Ishmael backing up Rie in the center. Um so that I mean, I think West Martin should get the job. I think he we want him to win that job. Why isn't Keith Ishmael? I the was just generation? about to
2: say, Paul, don't count on Keith Ishmael. My that boy, God. hey, he got a little attitude to his game, man.
0: No, no, no. Absolutely not. I think that if you were to win the job that is encouraging because I think West Martin was encouraging last year, mm-hmm. so if Keith Ismail wins that job, then that's it is what it is you putting the best spot off his alignment on the field straight up
1: yeah, yeah. i'm I'm, a, I'm actually not that worried about left guard as, as opposed to other years
2: we've had many yeah, I was just about to say yeah. that where we were where Louval could barely walk, and we did know who know who we were right. plugging in left guard yeah, at least it, I running. feel like we have options yeah definitely
0: i I, I know it don't mean nothing, but like I was watching um social media this week, and you see. Sadiq Charles working out with Moses. Mm-hmm. And you just look at the physique. You see Sadiq, <laughs> a big guy, but he's chisel, got six pack, got, you know, strong cut up arms, and you see Morgan Moses looking like Grimace next to him. I'm like, God damn, man. Jesus.
2: Moses, Moses out here looking flabby and sick. We want Moses the ball, man. Let me stop frying that man, dog. Larry Holmes, Larry Holmes out yeah, here looking like Larry, Larry Holmes flabby hey. and sick. <laughs> 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 uh-
0: all right, let's talk about the rotation on the D line real quick, and we can actually throw Ryan Anderson into this mix. Who's the next question? But that's my dog. That that's that's Corey's man. And we gave your man the X fullback a lot of shit, but he's he's actually shown some things, and actually, you know, we can't
2: go on my man no more, dog.
0: We've heard Del Rio and Rivera reference <laughs> Ryan Anderson a couple times this year. I mean, he's. I know people talk about maybe trading him over the off season. I, I don't think ever was going to happen. I think they had plans for him. I think they had big plans, but. Let's start with the D-line. And now that you have Brantley, uh, Brantley out for the season, I don't think he was really in the mix to crack the top four at D-tackle anyway. But how do we think this is going to shake out with, one, Kerrigan, Sweat, and Young on the edge, and then Ioannidis, Allen, and Payne in the middle? At least the start camp. Where do we you think well, – how do you think that's going to look?
2: What about Tim Settle?
0: Yeah, you forgot Timmy. Mm, you think Settle might start? I'm not saying that's crazy. That's not, not, start, be not good. start, but not start. Yeah.
1: It's going to be so competitive for snaps that you might
2: not be able to keep Saddle off the field. I was going to say, man, going from this 3-4 to the 4-3, like, that's somebody – I mean, obviously, people always talk about who's starting, but in yeah. the end, it's going to be a rotation. They're going to be – it's just fortunate for us that we have players like say say Ionitis doesn't start, I'm I'm assuming he may start, but, like, I'm looking at a depth chart on CBS, and they have John Allen, De'Ron Payne starting, backed up by Tim Settle, and Matt Ioannidis. Like, 31 other teams would have wished their second string was Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle. Right. Exactly. However they disperse those snaps, by all means, we just know we got dogs in the middle.
0: What about on the edge? What do you think happens with Kerrigan? I I assume that Young is going to be starting at right end. That's just my assumption. I could be wrong, but that's, yeah, that's what locked I'm going yeah, to yeah. right. So On the left end, you have Montez Sweat was the first round pick just a year ago, or do you keep Ryan Kerrigan as the lion's share no. on the left end getting all those snaps? It's
1: going to be Montez Sweat. It's going to be Montez Sweat. I, Kerrigan, Kerrigan's going to come in ready to go, but mm-hmm. Kerrigan understands this as well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah. Uh, we're not.
2: We're not going to be relying on Kerrigan to come out there and play a full. You know? <clears throat> You're going to allow him to come off the bench, like that might even elevate his game a little bit more right now. I, you know, this this, the this is the best
1: D line in the league.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let it be uh, known. On yeah. Paper. Andy on Benoit. Paper. Was, Andy Benoit was saying that today on the MMQB podcast. Like I did the little NFC East preview, and obviously they were very. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? They were harsh, just for lack of a better word, of the offense. But when they brought the defense, they were like, they have at least the highest pedigree as far as defensive alignment in the league. You have you know, all those first-round picks. And going back to Ryan Kerrigan, you, that was that five first-round picks that are on the D-line. Yeah. And the best player on the D-line, one of the best players D-line, is a fifth-round pick. Um, you know, High ceilings, all of them. And if they all work out the way it's supposed to, you could definitely see A scenario where we're having this conversation in six months talking about the Washington Washington Redskins the Washington football team having the best defensive line in football it's very possible Mm -hmm. um gotta put it together
2: but it's possible
0: but back to what Corey said yeah I think that Ryan Kerrigan if if everything works out the way I think it should he's more of a pinch hitter but he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna be on the field and just basic like base sets you know when you're Mm -hmm. out there on first down like is going to be the four that we expect. Maybe Iñárritu, maybe it's Painter settle, but I think that Sweat and Chase Young on the edges is, is is the move for sure. I think he's more of a guy that you bring in on like situational passes, rushing situations like third downs. Maybe you move him inside, kick him in over tackle. Thank or, you. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I was going to say just think of the just
2: think of what they could do on third down when you have Chase and Sweat outside, and you could you could move Carrigan inside.
0: Well, I think about how the Eagles used Chris Long for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's the yep. comp. That's a prime example, right? And they did that with Chris Long. And they moved him around a lot. And I, I don't know if Chris Long, towards the end of his career, was, was better than Kerrigan is now. But I think you could use him in that same kind of fashion for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Ryan Anderson. Uh, where does he fit in? I don't know if he's a DN. Is he a Sam linebacker? Is he in contention to start? I, I think that if You asked me who I think the starters at first blush. I would say SDH, a healthy Ruben Foster, and Holcomb. But Ryan Anderson has been getting a lot of love from the coaches, and he's played well enough where he deserves to actually have a chance to compete for some big playing time this year. So where do you think he fits into this equation? I'm going to let Corey go because this is Corey's guy. (laughs) I'm
2: not going to lie. I was struggling with this earlier when I was talking to Paul. But, I mean, it's just funny to hear Del Rio and Rivera talk about him and we saw how he came on towards the end of the year. Like, he was he was playing good football, man. And moving to this 4-3 now, I mean, I don't see room for him at the end. So, I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to have to put him at linebacker. Um, Paul, Paul kind of made a point where he probably doesn't fit at MLB because he's probably not equipped to move sideline to sideline. So, you may want to put him on, like, a strong side linebacker position. Mm-hmm. And possibly have him on a rotation with – between him and Holcomb, or whether it's him and Sean Dion or Tom, they, Thomas Davis, however they decide to do it. But my expectation would be for them to put Ruben on the weak side so then you could have somebody like um, Ryan Anderson or Holcomb battle that out at the strong side linebacker. But they got to find him somewhere for him to be on the field because he came on towards the end of the last year, man, and he's starting to come into his own. I know y'all want to fry him and say he was a fullback, but – He took, was a fullback. It, it took him a couple of years <laughs> to get adjusted to the game, Cliff. That's all he had to get his body right. You can't understand you're not at Alabama no more. These, everybody got a little speed up here, so I think this, this year, he's going to, with, with Del Rio and Rivera, they're going to put him in position to succeed. He was a fullback, though. <laughs> in goal line situations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, of course they like him. They're both former defensive players from the fucking 80s. <laughs> he's, like a, he's a fucking 80s player. He is though.
2: That's a good point. I never thought about it. He's an old school football player, man.
1: Like I'm not surprised they like him. So, we, you, listen. Wherever
0: you're gonna get the snaps, you're gonna have to earn them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And Across I, I the don't whole front seven. Yeah, yeah. I think he could play a lot of different places. I what I don't want to see is on some Greg Minuski shit. Him dropping into coverage. <laughs> I know that's part of the job description. Of a Sam linebacker, but I think where he is at his best is where he's just coming straight downhill, like he's just smashing into the right tackle or the tight end or Mm -hmm. a a lead blocker or something like that. Like just contact. You got to be a a guy who just has two responsibilities. You're either contained or you're plugging, and and that's that's his lane. Don't ask him to do too much. I, I think that that would be doing him a disservice anyway. I don't want him having to think too much. Because I think that when he was thinking less, he was playing better.
2: Like that Panthers game last year that he got kicked out when he was smacking everything on sight.
0: Exactly. Like,
2: exactly. A, he's a physical football player, man. So they're going to find a spot for him to play.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, two more and we can wrap this up. Uh, Reuben Foster. And uh, that's an, another guy like Bryce Love where we just don't know. I think that Reuben Foster has been a little bit more uh, loud about his recovery? Like we said, like we haven't heard anything from Bryce Love or on the other hand, Ruben Foster has been talking about it to just about anybody that would listen to him. Where does he fit in? Um, Kind of a similar situation with Ryan Anderson. Like, where do you think he's going to be at his best if he's able to go? I mean, I... I... Anywhere?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Cliff.
1: Like this is Ruben Foster. Yep. If he's moving like the Ruben Foster of uh, before, which I mean given the, the injury he had, that's not we we're assuming he won't be, at least initially. Mm-hmm. That guy can play anywhere. He's gonna anywhere. wreak havoc. It doesn't matter. Mike, weak, who cares?
2: Strong. <laughs> <on> the
0: field. It's
2: all about being healthy, man.
0: Right. Uh how do you think they should bring him along? I, I think the conventional wisdom would tell you that they bring him along slowly. Even when they start hitting, maybe that he's not, you know, the first guy in line for Oklahoma drills. But, um,
2: you know, Ruben going to be like, man, get the fuck out of the way.
0: Let me <laughs> I mean, I, a guy like Ruben Foster, and Corey mentioned this a few podcasts back, man, is a, a blue chip player when healthy. Like, just imagine the boost to the defense and the mm-hmm. linebacker unit if he's able to go and be, like, 90% of his former self. That's going to be a huge upgrade to this defense. And, you know, they all talk about the, the missing piece. I'm not saying that he could be that, but that's definitely, like, a huge, huge boost in the athleticism and the speed in that linebacker unit, something that this unit has lacked, lacked. for a long time, mm-hmm. a really long time. You made a good
2: point, too, dog, on you. On uh Twitter a couple of days ago, or it might have been early when I saw you put it up. Uh, <clears throat> Ruben Foster's gonna have Thomas Davis there, man. That's somebody who's right in his, his ear. ear. Mm-hmm. Thomas Davis is who who better than Thomas Davis to help guy Ruben Foster as far as you know how to play this linebacker position. And because we all know Thomas Davis in his prime was a fucking missile with Keekly going sideline to sideline. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: if not we're, not we're these, full go, man.
1: If Ruben is the, like the healthy Ruben, mm-hmm. this is possibly the best friend seven in the league. It's just
2: scary, man.
1: So, Woo! Woo! We'll see. Like I, I can't. It's it's impossible to expect that given the yeah. injury. But you know, no. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Cool. All
0: right, last question. Let's talk about the secondary and the way they're going to be configured. Um, Big questions, big questions. And we spoke about this at length in previous podcasts as well. But um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about the secondary and what I'm excited to see, something that Corey has mentioned a lot before, is Landon Collins and that T.J. Ward kind of mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, more more snaps as like a diamond nickel linebacker, close to the line of scrimmage, uh, really not asked to do much outside of the hook, the curl zone and the flats coming downhill, like honestly using him the way the jets had used Jamal Adams. Yep. I I think Jamal Adams was used best when he's coming downhill, never, ever having to turn his hips and run away from the line of scrimmage. I think that's not really something that Landon Collins should be asked to do. And I have full faith that somebody like Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera will acknowledge that and, and know how to use their best and highly paid players the proper way. But, um, As far as free safety goes, the competition at corner, slot corner, uh, guys like Ronald Darby to guys like Jimmy Moreland that we haven't really talked about in months. These guys, I think it's more of a situation where it's like, who can just be consistent enough where we trust you to put you out there and you're not going to blow this for us? Like I, I said, just don't allow bombs away when you play Dallas and Philly and the Giants and teams that throw the ball.
2: Yeah, kinda like how we didn't have that with the player known as Josh Norman who was playing outside of the play calls on defense. Like, do your part. I I'll be honest, my biggest concern is probably the free safety position for Sean Davis and Apke. That's gonna be a camp battle. Somebody's gonna have to take control of that position. I'm 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 not as um down on the corners as everyone else is, so to say. I just feel like they're we're kind of young at that position with Moreau doesn't have much experience and Jimmy obviously is only his second year. Um, I'm fully confident in Fuller playing the slot or the outside. That's why we brought him back. And we, we also know when Moreau was moved to the outside, he played he played a lot better football compared to when he was playing the slot, running around with deer and headlights. So, I mean, it's an opportunity for Jimmy or Darby to, you know, step up and see if they can be a part of that trio with Moreau and Fuller. But my biggest concern is really, I would say, free safety. And like you, like you kind of hit on earlier, I'm expecting a big season from Landon Collins. Like I, I, I just think they're going to they're going to put him in position to make plays.
1: Yeah, yeah. Landon, Landon looks like he's ready for it's a, breakout a big year. Coming. A big year. Yep. Um, look, corner corner is going to have this question mark because we traded our best corner, mm-hmm. right? And our both, our, which means the starting corners from last season are both gone. So, yeah. obviously, it was going to be a question mark. As far as free safety that is that's that's probably the biggest question mark on the whole defense, yeah yeah yep. that's like that it's is the un, that's
2: the unknown but right. that
1: has been the unknown since twenty one you know, since we know when, so mm-hmm. so this yeah. is nothing new, yeah we have seen right. a lot of free safeties come in here and get cooked the,
0: the madu Williams is of the world
2: yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, seen what what's on what, there
0: What's my other man's name? Who
2: Pierce Freelo? Juice. OJ Atogways. <laughs> oh, OJ Atogway. Take, take it back a little further, Paul Man Leamont Evans.
0: Take it a little back further, Corey's man Cream Moore. <laughs> oh
2: man, what a name drop.
0: <laughs> Corey, don't, don't let me go on your man uh uh Stuart Schweigert, out here, man.
2: And Paul love Chris Horton.
0: <laughs> Chris Horton <laughs> I'm going to make sure I clip this little part of this podcast. We just named like eight free safeties, and all of them were just extremely bummy. God, we really haven't had a free safety in 12 years, hey, 13 good, years. That's
2: good material, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, no free, like, And they've all had the same problems. Can't
2: cover a soul.
1: <laughs> Monte was the only one who looked like yep. he had
2: potential.
1: And he that's probably why he was
2: overhyped, Cliff. We all were like, okay, he can actually play. Yeah, yeah, and then we know what happened. He's outside of Loud and One beating the shit out of people.
0: That's what happens when you when you gas your man mm-hmm. and he gets his ass whooped. That's what. That's what, <laughs> It's really our fault for gassing him. He was feeling himself too much. He went out there Loud and One and was saying shit with his chest. You know what? Never mind. Let me, let me stop right there. We have enough problems. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all I got for y'all today. Uh, make sure y'all review and leave a, a, a rating on this podcast, please, everybody. I They're up, they're up We're definitely getting a lot more ratings But if you're listening to this joint and you enjoy our message Please leave us a review uh, Comment,
2: like, hit them stars
0: Yeah man, definitely, it definitely helps us out